Lady Esther presents the Screen Guild Players. The Screen Guild play tonight, Shadow of a Doubt. The starling players... Mrs. Deanna Durbin. And Mrs. Joseph Cotton. Tonight, Lady Astor presents the Screen Guild players in an adaptation of Alfred Hitchcock's current universal screen hit, Shadow of a Doubt, a psychological murder mystery starring Deanna Durbin as young Charlie and Joseph Cotton as her Uncle Charles. Young Charlie tells our story. Yes, you all know the Merry Widow Waltz, but have you ever heard it played in church? It's strange, isn't it? But then everything about this story is so strange, right from the beginning. I suppose the beginning was that day at home. You see, we live in Santa Rosa, a little town in Upper California, a very little town where nothing ever seemed to happen. And I guess that afternoon it had me down a bit. Now, Charlie, that's no way to talk. What's the matter, Charlie? Do you feel well? I'm perfectly well, Mother. I've just been thinking, that's all. And I come to the conclusion that I give up. I simply give up. Give up what? Dad, have you ever stopped to think that this family's just gone to pieces? Oh, uh, we have? Of course we have. We just sort of go along, but we don't get anywhere. Oh, I don't know, Charlie. The bank gave your father a raise last month. Yeah, the second raise in five years. Money. How can you talk about money when I'm talking about souls? What we need is someone to take us out of this rut. Have you any suggestions? Well, I was thinking that... Mother, I'm going to wire Uncle Charles. Oh, darling, you're not going to ask for money. Of course not. Money wouldn't help. I'm going to invite him for a visit. Now, Charlie, you can't ask a busy man like that to come all the way from the east, even if you can reach him. You know, he moves around so much I'll that... I'll reach him all right. And he'll come for me. I'm named after him. And we're the only relatives he has. And besides, do you know what? What, dear? I can't explain it exactly. It's just a feeling. I, I mean, well, somehow I think he wants to come. Hello? Postal Union? Will you take a telegram, please, to Mrs. Joseph Newton, Santa Rosa, California? Surprise. Coming out to visit. Stop. Arrive Thursday and try and stop me. Love to all and a kiss for Charlie from her Uncle Charlie. That's right. That's a signature. Uncle Charlie. How much? Yes, I've got the exact change right here. That was the message they handed me when I went into the telegraph office to send my wire to him. It was almost as though he'd heard me calling, 2,000 miles away. And then, then almost before we knew it, he had arrived. Tall and slim, a 
and such a boyish smile. No wonder Mother was so crazy about her brother, even seeing him so seldom. At dinner that night, he was completely charming. And generous, too, with all the lovely presents he'd brought. A little something for you, Joe. I hope you like it. Say, I've never had a wristwatch, Charles. I've got one now. Here, Emmy. This is for you. Oh, a fur scarf. Oh, Charles, I've always wanted Mother one. Is perfect. It's exactly right. And I expect to be paid for it, too. Paid for it? Oh, Joe, he means that banana cream pie. I'll go and bring it in. Oh, wait, Emmy. I'll give you a hand. Gave him quite a start, didn't I? No, Uncle Charles, you've made us all very happy. Not yet, not all of you. Here's your present, Charlie. Oh, I didn't mean that. I don't want a present. Please don't give me anything. No. Well, I... I can't explain it, but... Well, it would spoil things if you gave me anything. <laughs> You're a strange girl, Charlie. Why would it spoil things? Because... Because we're not just an uncle and a niece. It's something else. I know things about you. You do? Oh, yes. I know that you don't tell people a lot of things. I don't either. And I have a feeling that inside of you somewhere, there's something nobody knows about. Something nobody knows? Something secret and wonderful. I'll find it out. <laughs> it isn't good to find out too much, Charlie. Now, open your hand. There you are. Thank you. Well, you haven't even looked at it. I don't have to look. No matter what you gave me, it would be the same. Here, let me show you. It's a ring, an emerald ring, a real one. Oh, it's beautiful. And you've had something engraved on it. That's different. Well, I haven't, but I will if you like. Yes, you have, Uncle Charlie. It's very faint. See it? On the inside, T.S. from B.M. Why, it's well, somebody's initials. Can you imagine? That jeweler rooked me. He told me it was new. Here, I'll take it back, Charlie. Give it to me. Oh, no, no. It doesn't matter. I like it. But, but Charlie, way. you don't want to go around with a Here it ring. Here Charles. Your favorite dessert, if I remember. <laughs> you see, Uncle Charlie? I was meant to keep it. Yes. I suppose you were. You see, now it's something special between you and me. I'll never give it away to anyone. Charles, why don't you go inside and rest? Oh, I need a little exercise. Work off that meal. Oh, you're not used to helping with the dishes. Nonsense. Where do I put these dry glasses? Oh, just set them on the cupboard. We'll be done in a jiffy. Charlie, be careful there. That's a good set, you know. Maybe you'd better not sing. I can't get that tune out of my head. Maybe if someone told me what it is. It's a waltz. Yes, but what one? Oh, well, your father would know. Too bad he had to go to that meeting. The funniest thing... Sometimes I get a tune in my head like that, and pretty soon I hear someone else humming it, too. I think tunes jump from head to head. Uncle Charlie, do you know what it is? Why, uh, no. No, I, I don't know. I know it's a waltz, and it's uh, Victor Herbert. Yes, that's it, the, uh, the uh, Blue Danube waltz. No, wait, I know. It's the, the Merry Widow. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, Emmy. It's one of the good ones, too. Oh, nonsense, Charles. We have plenty of glasses. Mother, should we chase him out before he smashes the rest? Yes, that's a good idea. Charles, you march right into the parlor and sit yourself down. All alone? But that'll be fun. No, it won't. I mean, not if, not if you read our evening paper. It's awful. Come in. I brought you some water, Uncle Charlie, in case you get thirsty during the night. Thank you, Charlie. It's very thoughtful. 
So you've got the evening paper, too. Going to read in bed? Oh, no, no. I'm going to leave it in Dad's room. He'll want to look through it when he gets home. <laughs> Oddly worth it, I'd say. Well, pleasant dreams. Uncle Charlie. Yes? Uncle Charlie, I know a secret about you you don't think I know. <laughs> what secret? Remember I said you couldn't hide anything from me because I'd find it out? Mm. Well, I know there was something in the evening paper about you. About me? In the evening paper? Mm-hmm. You read the paper, and page three is gone. It was something about you, wasn't it? And you didn't want us to see it. Now that I know, you might as well tell me. <laughs> I guess you've got me, Charlie. Only it wasn't about me. It was someone I used to know. Well, why don't you tell me? You've got that page stuck right there in your pocket. I, I can see it sticking out. I think I'll just... Stay out of it. my pocket. It's none of your business. Uncle Charlie, you're hurting my wrists, your hands. Oh. Charlie. Charlie, I didn't mean to hurt you. I was just fooling. That story wasn't anything. Just... Just some gossip. Not very pretty. Not for you to read. Forget it, will you? Of course. If you say so. That's a girl. Good night, young Charlie. Pleasant dreams. I guess I did forget about that paper. Anyway, for a while. You see, the very next day, those survey men phoned, and they said we'd been picked as a typical family, and could they ask questions and take pictures and everything. Well, you can imagine, we were pretty excited. All except Uncle Charlie. He seemed more annoyed, and he went to his room and shut the door and wouldn't come out. And then when the survey men came over, I had to answer all the questions. You see, Mother was straightening up the kitchen for the pictures, so I showed them both around the house. The upstairs, too. Mighty pleasant little home, Miss Newton. I've been hoping we could do it over, Mr. Graham. <laughs> that's typical, too. Uh, whose room is that? Oh, that's mine, but my uncle is using it now. Uh, Miss Newton, could I get a picture? You know, typical girl, typical room. Well, my uncle's resting, Mr. Saunders. I really don't want to disturb him. Oh, naturally. Say, is there a back stairs? Oh, yes, yes, right down the hall. Then I'll bet you 50 cents your uncle is out. You're just trying to get Mr. Saunders in there to take a picture, <laughs> isn't he, Mr. Saunders? <laughs> that's right. Besides, I know my uncle's in there. I'm still betting he isn't. Want to take me up? All right. Uncle Charlie. Uncle Charlie, may I come in? You see? Why, why, you were right. He's gone. Funny, he should do a thing like that. Maybe you don't know him as well as you think you do. Of course I do. I know him very well. I... Are you trying to tell me I shouldn't think he's so wonderful? Well, not exactly. Someone coming up the porch, Jack. Well, I always say the more the merrier. <laughs> Miss Newton... Is that your uncle? Oh, yes. Yes, it is. Uncle Charlie. Guess I'll get a picture of the hall. Right. What are you trying to do with that flashlight? Blind me? Uncle Charlie, he was taking pictures in my room. Well, I'm not in your room, and I don't like to be photographed. I'm afraid I'll have to ask you for the film, sir. I must insist. Give it to me, please. Okay, Fred. Let him have it. Thank you. Good afternoon. Well, that's that, I guess. Let's go. He was so strange, I don't understand. I think I could help you out on that. You could? Sure. Suppose you have dinner with me tonight. Then we can sit in the park and have a nice long talk. And so I thought I'd better tell you. This job of mine isn't always easy, Charlie. 
Then... Then you're really a detective? Charlie, listen. You're not on a survey at all. You lied to us. You just wanted to get in our house. Listen, Charlie, you've got to trust me. When you've done nothing but lie, you probably didn't even want to take me out tonight. But I did. Honestly, I did. You don't know what it's meant to me to take you out and talk with you and get to know you. Just part of your job. Oh, don't be silly. When I came to this town to find a man, I hadn't counted on you. I hadn't counted on your mother or your family. Find a man? What man? We're not even sure if he's the right one. We won't know till they check that picture we wired east, the one we took of your uncle. But, but you gave that one back. No, we just gave him an empty roll of film. Another trick. Now, Charlie, please. My uncle hasn't done anything. He knows it would kill my mother if he did. Why don't you go away and leave me alone? Because you're a nice girl, Charlie. Because no matter what, you're going to help me do my job. Charlie, look, think. How much do you know about your uncle? I know all I want to know. He's good and kind and generous. He came here and made us all so happy... He hasn't done anything to... To what? To what, Charlie? Nothing. You wouldn't understand it. Something I've got to figure out for myself. Why, Charlie, reading the newspaper in a public library, don't you get it at home? Oh, yes, Miss Corcoran, but there was something in it a couple of days ago. I meant to copy it, and they threw it away, uh, a recipe. Well, I hope you find it. And put the paper back when you're through. I'll find it all right. It can't be anything really awful. Not enough to... Murderer saw it. Police are conducting a coast-to-coast search for the man who strangled... Thelma Shenley, former musical comedy star... Wanted for the deaths of two other wealthy widows... The fugitive is known as the... as the Mary Widow Murderer. So the curtain falls on Act One of Shadow of a Doubt, starring Joseph Cotton and Deanna Durbin. Before we hear Act Two, a word from our hostess, Lady Esther. I heard a saying a long time ago that keeps coming back to my mind when I think of American women in uniform. The saying was, when the picture is beautiful, you need only the simplest frame. Now, a conservative uniform is indeed a simple frame for a woman's face. So are simple civilian clothes, for instance, tailored suits and shirt-maker dresses. Yet have you noticed how these simple clothes make greater demands on a woman's complexion? Yes, and how it has become even more important for her to use a face powder that brings out all the soft, natural loveliness of her skin. Now, thousands of women say that Lady Esther Powder has done more to give their skin a soft, flawless, radiant look than any other face powder they've ever used. And here's a very good reason why this is true. You see, Lady Esther face powder is different, because it's made differently. When ordinary face powder is made, it's usually just mixed, just sifted. But with Lady Esther face powder, this is only the first step. And though its texture at that point is the texture of ordinary face powder, it's what I call raw. Because I take my powder at this so-called finished point, and put it through a second blending, my patented twin hurricane blending. 
This time it's blown. Yes, blown by hurricanes until it becomes not just powder particles, but a sheer, flattering film of beauty. That's why Lady Esther face powder goes on smoothly, evenly, clinging delicately to your skin for hours. Try it, and see if you don't agree with thousands of other women who say that Lady Esther face powder does more for their skin than any other face powder they've ever used. And now the curtain rises on Act Two of Shadow of a Doubt, starring Deanna Durbin as Charlie and Joseph Cotton as her Uncle Charles. Young Charlie continues her story. I don't know how long I sat there in the library, staring at that paper and not seeing a thing. But suddenly I realized that I was chilled, as though someone had drawn a blind across the sun. I tried to tell myself it wasn't true, but there was the ring, the ring he'd given me, the emerald with faint initials in the band. Her initials, Thelma Shenley, the woman my Uncle Charles had killed. I walked for hours that afternoon, trying to decide what I should do. And after dinner, I walked some more. I was just at the park when I heard him call. Oh, Charlie. I hurried on, but he overtook me. I remember I was very Don't frightened. Hurry, Charlie. Slow down, will you? I want to talk to you. Come on, let's sit on this bench. No. I said sit down. You're hurting my wrist again. I'm sorry, Charlie. I guess I got excited. You can't blame me, really, when I see something coming between us two. Tell me, uh, is it something those survey men told you, that fellow Graham? He's got nothing to do with it. I hope he never knows anything more about now, Charlie, that's no way to talk about it. After all, I've been around a bit. I've been chasing around the globe since I was 16. Done some pretty foolish things, too. Made some pretty foolish mistakes. Nothing serious, just... Just foolish. I mean, like... What's the matter? What are you staring at? Your... Your hands. <laughs> oh, Charlie, now don't start imagining How things. How could you do things like that? You're my uncle, my mother's brother... We thought you were the most wonderful man in the world. What do you know? I know I said I'd never give this ring up. But I can't wear it now. Not with her initials in it. Here, take it. You think you know something, don't you? You think you're the clever little girl who knows something. Well, what do you know about women like that? Have you ever seen them as I have every day in the best hotels, every day by the thousands, drinking their money, eating their money, losing their money at bridge, playing all day and all night? Smelling of money, proud of their money. Horrible, faded, fat, greedy women. But they're alive. They're human beings. Are they, Charlie? Are they human or are they fat, wheezing animals? Hmm? What happens to animals when they get too fat and too old? Oh, stop it, please. See, you don't understand. All I want is a little help. From me? Oh, I'm so tired, Charlie. There's an end to the running a man can do. This is my last chance. You've got to help me. I count on you, Charlie. You said yourself there was something special between us. And think of your mother. It would kill your mother. Charlie, give me this last chance. All right. If you'll go away. Where to, Charlie? Where should I go? Where do you want me to go? I don't care. Anywhere. Just so you go away from here. 
haven't got a thing in the house for lunch. I couldn't go to the market myself, not with a cake in the oven. Charlie, I've never known you to stay in bed so late. I'm sorry, Mother. I, I didn't sleep very well. well. Your Uncle Charlie's been asking for you. He's on the front porch. Here's a list of the grocer, dear. I'll run along, then. Well, the back stairs again. Charlie, why do you always go that way? Those stairs are so steep. Don't you want to tell your uncle good morning? I, uh, I'll see him when I get back. It's shorter this way. Oh, well, watch yourself, dear. Don't worry. I know these steps by... <gasps> Mother! Charlie, what happened? I... I tripped. I, I think the step was loose. Oh, good heavens, Charlie. You might have been killed. Yes. I might have. But I wasn't. Yes? Oh, good evening, Charlie. Come in. I wanted you to know I almost had an accident this morning. Yes, your mother told me. I was very worried. When are you leaving, Uncle Charlie? Leaving? My dear girl, do you know what I did today? I went down and put a little money in the bank. The bank where your father works. $40,000 in cash. Of course, there isn't quite 40000 left now. I gave 1000 to the children's hospital and another 1000 to the community chest. It meant your father quite important. When are you leaving? You know, I've been thinking, Charlie. I want to settle down, live in a place where people know me, have some money in the bank, some sort of business, and be a part of this family. I see. The sensible thing for you is to be friends with me. I can do a lot for you, Charlie. I can do a lot for all of you. Not you. We don't want anything from you. If you don't leave, I'll tell what I know. Don't be silly, Charlie. Who'd believe you? A waltz runs through your head. You don't like the initials on a ring, and you connect it all up with a newspaper clipping. Now you haven't even got the ring. You have it. I? Ridiculous. I gave it to you. You see? Uncle Charlie, I don't want you here. I don't want you to touch my mother. So go away. I'm warning you. Go away or I'll... I'll kill you myself. Do you know what it means to live in terror? I did. I knew he wouldn't stop at anything. At any moment, there might be another accident, and he'd be very sorry, and I'd be dead. My only weapon was the ring. If I could find the ring, I thought I'd frighten Uncle Charlie into leaving town. It was the next night that I got my chance. Mother had invited all our leading citizens to meet her brother, and while they were downstairs drinking Uncle Charlie's champagne, I was upstairs going through his things. It was rather late when I came down. Can't I persuade you, Reverend Phillips? Just a drop. Oh, no thanks. You know what the palmist said? Wine maketh glad the heart of man. Your gift to the church has given us cause enough to rejoice. And besides, I'm afraid my parishioners aren't overly familiar with the psalms. Well, I always say that... Oh, there you are, Charlie. What kept you so long? I was looking for my ring, Uncle Charlie. Silly me, I thought I'd lost it. What an exquisite ring. It's an emerald, Mrs. Potter, a real emerald. Uncle Charlie gave it to me. For a going-away present. Yeah, what's that? What's that? Going away? Why, Charles. Isn't that what you said, Uncle Charlie? Didn't you tell me you were going away? Why, yes. Yes, I, I did. But, Charles, I didn't dream. I'm sorry. I, mean, I didn't expect it to happen so soon, but I got an important message, you see. Uh, a very important message. I'm afraid I'll have to leave in the morning.
Charles, I wish you didn't have to go. That's the way it is, Emmy. You can't always do the things you like. Oh, they're going to start. We'd better get off, Emmy. Charlie. Oh, well, goodbye, Charles. You right? Of you? course. You watch yourself on those steps. Yes. Goodbye, Charles. Goodbye. Oh, Charlie, Charlie, wait a minute. I want to talk to you. They'll be starting in a moment. We can stand right here on the platform. I want you to... I want you to know that I think you were right to make me leave. Best for your mother and best for all of us. Oh, we're moving. She's not very strong, you know, Charlie. I don't think she could stand the shock. Why, I remember once when she the was a little girl. The train is moving. I've got to get off. Don't be silly. Let me go. You're hurting my wrist. Your Sorry, hands. Charlie, but I've got Let to do me this. Go. Since you know Let so me go. much. No, no, not yet, Charlie. Not till we're going a little faster. Not till we meet the train that's coming down the other track. No mistakes this time. Each little detail in its place. I've checked it all, you see. There it is now. It's coming fast, Charlie. Almost time to say goodbye. Almost time to say goodbye. No! No! the funeral now. It's the biggest funeral Santa Rosa's ever seen. They were all so shocked when I told them how it happened. How Uncle Charlie slipped and fell beneath the train. They're playing the Merry Widow Waltz. I told them that's what Uncle Charlie would have wanted. I don't think I'll ever forget him. And they won't either. They'll always remember the time they heard the Merry Widow Waltz in church. Thank you, Miss Durbin and Mr. Cotton. Or your excellent performances tonight. We're glad to appear for the Motion Picture Relief Fund, Mr. Bradley. We know how the Relief Fund benefits from these broadcasts. And we know, too, the fine work it does in the industry. In just a moment, you'll hear about next week's show. But first, I would like to have you listen to a word from one of our best-known beauty authorities, Lady Esther. Thank you, Miss Durbin. I had an interesting letter the other day from a woman who said... After using your powder, Lady Esther, I know it's as different from ordinary powder as... as nylon hose are different from Lyle stockings. I think any woman understands what she means by that comparison. That Lady Esther powder is so much sheerer, finer, longer-lasting than ordinary powders. Now, this difference is no mere claim, and here's a good reason why my powder is different. The reason is a process so different that the government issued an exclusive patent on it. This process takes Lady Esther face powder out of the ordinary class of ordinary powders and makes it a true cosmetic. You see, most powders are just mixed, just sifted, until they reach a so-called finish stage. But instead of stopping at that point, I then put my powder through a second stage where it's blown by my twin hurricanes until each shade is even, rich, until the texture is exquisitely fine and smooth. 
That's why so many women speak of my face powder as not just a face powder, but as a true cosmetic that makes them look younger than they really are. Next week, the Lady Esther Screen Guild players will present one of the greatest love stories of all time. A story you will remember as a novel and a motion picture. Rebecca, starring Brianna Hearn and Joan Fontaine. Be sure to listen. Deanna Durbin and Joseph Cotton will soon be seen together in the universal production, Hers to Hold. Music on tonight's program was arranged and conducted by Wilbur Hatch. To save materials, buy the larger size of Lady Esther face cream. Truman Bradley speaking for Lady Esther, saying thank you. Good night. This is the Columbia Broadcasting System.